Picture Writing Easy, the podcast that takes the act of writing, which is sometimes not easy, and tries to make it less not easy. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. Today, we have a special guest with us, obviously not physically with us, for various reasons. Uh, But joining us today is uh, our classmate, Jay Smith. Hi, Jay. Hey, how you guys doing? (laughs) Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us. It's good to have you here. Thanks for having me. Jay, you've done lots of things. I'm impressed by the amount of of things you do. Uh, You've written two books, at least more than that, but two are out, Uh, and done tons of podcasts. But one of the things that's particularly cool about you, besides of the many things, uh, is that you've done a lot of audio drama. Yeah. You've taken this medium that uh, Melissa and I use to sort of prattle on, and you're actually doing something dramatic with it. Yeah, uh, th- there are a lot of us out there now. How did you get started doing this? Uh, I've I've always loved audio drama. I grew up in a household with radio drama playing all the time. Uh, my dad would take me on errands Sunday night, and our local PBS station would be playing uh, CBS Radio Mystery Theater, stuff like that. Uh, so I was really fascinated by it, uh, but it was the age of Star Wars. So I was distracted by the visual medium and, and wanted to get into film. But always I, I tried to um, tell stories in that medium because, one, it was cheap to do big, epic mm-hmm. stuff. You know, you could do Star Wars and audio for a fraction of the cost. And um, it was a way that I could work on my on on screenplays and on audio plays and on stage plays and try and incorporate them into something that I could actually produce locally. Uh, so I was always fascinated with like Arch Obler and Orson Welles and uh, the, the the anthologies of pulp speculative fiction that were all over the golden age of radio. And I, I really fell in love with the idea of, of telling a story with voice, music and sound. And having one sense completely eliminated from the equation and trying to convey the imagery of, of a story just with those elements. Yeah. It's very, it's very appealing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think that was one of the things I was really excited about when I was reading your bio and discovered that you were doing these um, audio like dramas because I just discovered them within the last year. I think the pandemic and being in quarantine has, has made me obsessed with these. And I just didn't listen to them beforehand, but you've been doing them for years and they're so good. And so I'm really curious about, yeah, your process and how you do this, because it's not exactly the same thing as just reading off your book. The process, I'm, it's, it's all about the story. And there's some stories that are more challenging to tell than others. If you do them, if you're wanting to do something like a Michael Bay type of a story, obviously, you're just going to be drowning in a cacophony of, of noise that has no significance. But uh, I tend to write in dialogue. I tend to write uh, procedurals and conversations that lead to uh, suspense and conflict and resolution. So there's not a lot of kinetic activity. There are not a lot of uh, not a lot of, of uh, you know parkour or, or you know visual cues, which is ironic because the first thing I wrote was a zombie horror serial. And you'd think that that was really about the zombies and the horror and the gore and whatnot. But what I found fascinating about zombie stories, at least the good ones, is that it's about human connection and about uh, people at odds with what needs to be done in a crisis. And this was back in like 2009 when zombies weren't oversaturating the market. So it was still a fresh medium of genre to, to talk about how people interact and resolve conflicts in in situations where 
they don't have a first world uh, infrastructure to rely upon. So it was easy for me to, to create a drama about how people react in a situation that's completely out of their control and they don't have the resources that they typically would have. So that's the kind of story that I'm interested in. If you go back to the Westerns of the Golden Age, they weren't about uh, chases on horseback. They were about people trying to survive in, a, in what they describe as a savage land uh, and trying to bring uh, what is now age like milk, a, the manifest destiny of American huh. culture to the quote unquote savage West. Um, but in, in that conflict, you have character development. You don't have exposition. You have people who are working problems out and interacting and um, building chemistry together. And that's what I think is, is the strength of audio drama in the modern world. Well, this comes down to character, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. The other good thing about an audio drama is that it's a serial, which is kind of an unusual format uh, creatively you know, these days. I mean, I guess television shows are kind of serialized, but not completely. But I think really the this medium, this, this podcast audio drama or audio – uh, doesn't have to be drama, it can be comedy, but you know what I mean, uh, uh, dramatized, is really the only true serial, I think, that we really have now. I, comic books, maybe, I guess. But So how do you how do you handle the, the serialized version of it? Like, do you, is this a, a thing where you have it all planned out ahead of time? Are you, you know, pulling a lost and winging it? Do you, have, <laughs> do you know how long to make the thing? What, how, how do you approach um, that? It's parallel to what streaming television is today. It, I go back to episodic television and radio where you have to wrap things up because it's mm-hmm. all fire and forget forget broadcasting. Uh, but I was also brought up on Buffy and Angel where serialized television mm-hmm. grew. And the rule of that is basically you can tell a self-contained story within an episode, but it has to advance the larger plot. So by the end of the episode... The characters have learned something, grown a little bit, and they have another element that they need to confront the larger threat that is representative of the entire season. Like with HG World, uh, you have a band of people who are in a tactical situation, but they also have a strategic problem. They're 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 surrounded by mm. imminent death, but even if they get past this initial challenge, they have to plan for the future. So over the course of 10 episodes, you have to plan for... How do we get out of this immediate mess? But how does that resolution get them somewhat closer to that ultimate goal? And then how do I keep it interesting enough for the listener to come back? A lot of that is character growth, where you 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 have a character that sacrifices something for the greater good, or you have you have a growing conflict between your your alphas or stuff like that. That just the the listener wants to come back and see how we resolve it. So it sounds like it, it keeps coming back to character. Yeah. Like, there's no plot. It's just more character, which is frustrating as heck for me. I don't like that. Please change it. <laughs> okay, so here's the other thing that's weird about this. And, and Melissa, you'll probably identify with this more than I do, is, you know, because doing uh, television, is it's, you're, all, you're also still collaborating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of fun, because I grew up in theater, and theater is a collaborative medium. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of, my, one of my idols is Harlan Ellison, who, who believes that he is the all of the script. And I can fundamentally disagree with him on that is that writing is simply what's on the page. And if I'm writing a novel, I am inhabiting every aspect of every character and I'm carrying that load for the reader. But the blessing of having a cast, especially a really talented one is that they will push back on things that they feel is not authentic to the character. 
or something that's un, just unusual or just doesn't sit well with them. And the end result, through collaboration and dialogue with actors, is they tend to bring the best ideas. Uh, there, there's some elements of mm. ego, but you know, when when I'm writing twelve different characters, I'm not focusing on one of them. The actor typically inhabits their role, so they're the best person to come to me and say, "Hey, on page twelve, you have me saying something that I think another character should say." Which is awesome. Yeah, in film and television, we often say that you make a TV show or a movie three times, right? You make it when you write it down on the page. You make it when you film it with the performance that the actors give and under the director. And then you make it again in the editing room when you're Mm -hmm. cutting things out. So like each time is a chance to reshape and retell the vision of that story. And it seems like that would hold true for doing an audio podcast like this. Oh, absolutely. It, what's great is that sometimes an actor can transform a role. I, I wrote a, a part that was simply there as an obstacle to a goal. And the actor came in, did a reading for it, and he took it and made it into a full season long character that our listeners responded to more positively than our leads. It's a character called Dogberry. And all he was, he was just basically this former. Uh, dot-com millionaire who got naked and wandered into the woods one day and he was living like like Smeagol <laughs> and, and all he was there to do was say this helicopter that you found in the woods is mine because I found it and act like a real eccentric hillbilly and it's just the audience was like who the hell is this character and who is this actor and so I, I just built on his character and Lee Sands who's the actor he didn't have a whole lot of experience but he just has this unique presence and I found myself writing for him just that unique voice. And I knew he his con- contribution to that when that voice was something that just made the show that much more rewarding for me because I just I had had I was it was a delight to get his files when he would deliver me his lines. I would just sit back and just laugh my ass off because of just how how fun he made it. That's so the I, best. That is magic. Like that's liquid gold right there when that happens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Love that. That actually brings up a really good point of you know that they record you have the actors recording them separately mm-hmm. and then you uh they send you your their part and you you or someone else edits them together yeah that's kind of an obsolete way of doing it back in the day we didn't have as much bandwidth as we do now so getting okay. everybody into a Skype call and recording it with professional quality was was very limiting we couldn't really deliver on that so uh, a partner of mine on Hidden Harbor Mysteries, Brian Lincoln, really hated this process because it was labor intensive to obviously to have everybody record their lines and then cut it all together and hope that everybody sounds mm-hmm. like they're in the same room and have the chemistry yeah. of, of working together. So we moved toward a rehearse, record, and then re-record process where uh, we would get together, we would work out how we were going to do this for real, go through a couple of rehearsals, record the rehearsals, and then the actors would take those takes back to their their labs and do a full recording. And mm-hmm. so we had nailed down, you know, how are you guys going to interact? The chemistry was there. They just basically was um, copying and pasting their performance into a new file, basically. But uh, in the end, we we could just take a limited number of, of files and just drop them over top of what, what the rehearsal recording was, which made it a whole lot easier. And plus, the chemistry was a lot more natural. Still sounds like it's a lot of work. It still, is. It still sounds very time intensive. And I'm yeah. very lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, I mean, Mary, what isn't? Yeah. What isn't time intensive? <laughs> well, well, I was dumb. Started writing more and more characters into this because I had actors wanting to participate. And I'm like, I'm not going to let them walk away from this. So at one point I had an episode with 25 people and the engineer that I work with, with Mike Stokes, threatened to kill me. Because he was just, he was the one who was trying to get yeah. every different every different file to sound like they were in the same environment, and everybody has a different kit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he's just like, no, you're not doing this again. You're killing off half the cast <laughs> before the next episode. Like, okay, all right. Well, you can you can tell them. It's them or me, and you need me. So too bad. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I started with a basically a Fisher Price type of setup. I, I had the most basic tools to record and mm -hmm. it sounded meh but we were only yeah. trying to be meh at the time but once it started to take off a little bit and people started to respond to the story and saying hey this would be much better if you had a decent sounding uh, uh, uh you know setup um yeah. mike stokes stepped in and he's he's a musician he's got this he, he's yeah. got this mega mind kind of headquarters where he's got every type of audio application can he's a wizard with this stuff so in the show if you listen to it if you go and start listening to the early stuff you're gonna hear some really raw kind of sound <laughs> fisher price level just that some five-year-old just cobbled this together but then when mike takes over you hear it, it we went to uh, almost a big finish uh audible type full cast audio drama style um, wow. We brought in a bunch of people who did this for a living and they did it with us for fun. So we had that mm -hmm. going for us. So we just really focused on immersive experience and trying to get everybody to sound like they're invested in the story and that they're they're really committed to somebody directly in front of their face, not on the other side of the world. Because I think we were working with actors on three different continents at one point. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm still scared about doing this. This sounds like fun, but I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jay, so what do we need to know? If we want to try this, like try our hand at it, what advice would you give to somebody brand new who has a big dream of starting their own? I, I would I would say or start small. Uh, I like dialogue. Dialogue typically is the best suited um, format for radio at first. It's easy to take a couple of characters that are in a, a conflict uh, take a scene from a Tom Stoppard play where it's just back and forth. Uh, mm -hmm. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. The, the the game of questions, for example, just two people going back and forth and you can get them in a room on the same Skype call or the same team meeting and have them record it. And then if you have a program like Audacity or Rock Band or, or sorry, what uh, was it? Uh, Garage Band. Garage Band, thank you. I don't have that. I, I, Rock Band's a cool video game. It's a video game, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, you can do that too, but that won't help your podcast. The, the one I use is Reaper. I, I use Reaper because, one, it was free when I first bought it or first downloaded it. But it, it's it's one of those, you build as you go. It's your toolbox, and as you learn one tool, you put it in the box. Reaper is really good oh, for nice. that. Uh, and it's, it's, it's not really that expensive if you want to get to the, to the full version. Uh, that's what we typically used and uh, you know you just have to fumble your way through it there's a uh, casey wayland is uh, the producer of a show called we're alive he and i uh, started our zombie series at the same time he is currently working for audible and uh, bbc producing professional audio he's an amazing architect of sound sorry about that that was our local motorcycle club <laughs> It was good timing. Right. Yeah. 
um, and he's got a book out that I think is amazing for someone who's just starting out. And I, I have no problem plugging him because he's because he knows what he's talking about. And you're looking it up now. I'm looking it up we right like, now. I can. We can hear the tick-tick-tick. We like experts, though. Here it is, folks. This is live, fresh from the... See, I'm good for you, because what I always do is I just go, oh, you know, the thing, I'll put it in the notes later, because I can never remember things, because age and life and, yeah. So we'll splice this in. It's called Bombs Always Beep. Revenge of the Beep. Bombs Always Beep. It's uh, creating modern audio theater. It's it's, it's available as an ebook, oh, and wow. he does have some print uh, editions somewhere on Amazon. But it is a comprehensive soup to nuts kind of. You want to set this up? Here you go. But oh wow! Without looking at that, I would say um, make sure you have the same kind of equipment that you would have for a professional podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure you have access. No motorcycle to... groups outside. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know. Here's the thing. I wanted to record. I wanted to get back into this, but the house that we're currently in is on the flight line, not only to an international airport, but Air Force Reserve. So literally once a month, I have Air Force One on maneuvers above my house at the time that I could be (laughs) recording. So this is God's way of saying, let the other actors perform. You just sit back and write. (laughs) Hey guys, it's Mary here. I'm uh, just bursting in to kind of let you guys know our conversation with Jay went on for a while, it was really good, uh, but since we like to keep the episodes short, we're going to break it up into two parts. So this is the end of part one. Stay tuned for the thrilling conclusion of our conversation with Jay Smith next week. Uh, and so in the meantime, we'll just remind you that writing is hard. Oh, sorry, Melissa's not here. Uh, so take it easy. <laughs> See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.